0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, March 11, 2021. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. If you want to check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday, you can do so at WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Every single week here on the show, for the last couple of weeks, actually, we've had, in addition to my conversations with Mr. Marceau, breaking down the week in wrestling, exclusive interviews, with the likes of Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, everyone you can possibly imagine. Today we got the former number one contender to the NXT Championship, Adam Cole. And I say former because he lost his NXT Championship opportunity on Wednesday night to Finn Balor. in a great match. Um, a Karrion cross is now stepping up for that opportunity. Probably a takeover over WrestleMania weekend, I would have to imagine. Uh, but yeah, I talked to Adam Cole on Tuesday. The interview went up on my YouTube channel first on Wednesday morning, and an article form on DailyDDT.com on Wednesday afternoon. So if you want all these interviews before they drop anywhere else, head on over to my YouTube channel to hear the audio of all these interviews. I forgot to mention The Miz, Bobby Lashley, both of whom were on here, WrestleRant Radio for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Adam Cole is the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, arguably the greatest as well. I've aired two other interviews I've done with Adam here on the show before. One in 2016. Uh, when he was in Ring of Honor as the Ring of Honor World Champion, and then one from last year while he was the NXT Champion, so he didn't have gold this time around. But we talk about a lot about how he wants gold back, breaking up the Undisputed Era, or he is the Undisputed Era in his own words. But you know, severing ties with Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, you know, going forward, what his goals are, being on Raw, being on SmackDown, his height and the criticisms around that. Uh, ...among fans and stuff like that. So we had a really, really great conversation. Adam Cole has quickly turned into one of my favorite people to interview. And uh, happy to say that he's the first person ever that I've interviewed that I've talked to... ...the first major star that I've interviewed three different times, which is really, really cool. So you're going to hear that conversation in a second. And then right after that will be my conversation with Mr. Marceau... ...breaking down all the latest in the world of wrestling. But in the meantime, please welcome at this time the former NXT champion... ...the Undisputed Era himself, in his own words adam cole hey how's it going adam how are you
1: hey graham i'm good how are you
0: doing good dude obviously coming up on wednesday night we got the nxt championship match you're yourself against finn balor gonna be a great match we've seen the match twice before in nxt once before in december of 2019 a match that you won last year on the super tuesday episode that finn balor won uh what's gonna make this match different on wednesday night now that you guys are one win apiece. well i
1: think there's a lot of different factors um you know, partially, and, and in many people's eyes, the biggest reason is, to a lot of people, this is the rubber match. You know, I beat Finn Balor one time, defending my NXT championship. The next time we faced off each other, uh, you know, he beat me. Uh, and now a lot has changed. But uh, one thing hasn't changed, and that is, you know, I saw some, some advertisement for this particular match, and they're calling it Megastar versus Megastar. Mm-hmm. And to many people there's no argument that the two greatest NXT champions in the history of NXT are Adam Cole and Finn Balor. So this is huge. Um, But, but obviously there's a lot of different factors going on as well. Like uh, I've been making a lot of noise on NXT lately, Mm -hmm. trying to do everything that I can to, to show the world that I will do whatever it takes to become the NXT champion, whether that, you know, hurts people's feelings or not. And in in my eyes, I'm more focused and more driven than ever Mm -hmm. to regain the NXT championship. It's cool and all that, I have the record for the longest single reign as NXT champion. That's awesome. But I I want that record to continue to be broken. I want to be one of the only two-time NXT champions. And if I have to, one of the only three-time NXT champions. Mm -hmm. Of course, in turn, this means that you're going to get a really competitive, a really exciting NXT match that NXT championship matches are known for. But uh, the outcome is going to be quite simple, and that's Adam Cole walking out as NXT champion.
0: And like you said, you're the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. You've won it once before. You've been to the mountaintop before. Having done that, does it add more pressure to this matchup knowing, okay, not only have I been NXT champion before, but like you said, arguably the greatest of all time, and having held it the longest, does this add pressure to like, okay, I have to top myself after already having held it for over a year, about a year ago?
1: You know, I, I would say yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's there's a part of me, I'd say that, In many ways i am my own worst critic and in in many ways i i want the best of myself and i'm constantly trying to outdo myself however um one of the scariest things about not just pro wrestling but really anything is the unknown and when i first became nxt champion that was such an unknown thing to me main eventing show after show and wrestling again the a-list of pro wrestlers all across uh, all across the globe and just defending that title constantly defending it hurt defending it multiple nights in a row. So I understand the the pressure that comes with holding that championship. Uh, and having been there for as long as I was there, um, that fear of the unknown is gone. Uh, now it's now it's all confidence, it's it's going hard on all cylinders, and it's more confident than ever to regain the NXT title. So I actually I'm feeling more confident than I ever have
0: there's obviously so many questions over the last couple of years with anything, when it comes to Mount Rushmore of this or that, when you look at the Mount Rushmore of NXT champions, obviously you're on there. Is there anyone else that you would have join you on that Mount Rushmore of greatest NXT champions of all time? Ooh, uh,
1: you know, I, I have said this before. Um, and, and part of the reason that the NXT championship is so incredibly special Mm -hmm. is just the a list of people who have held the championship. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me personally, again, I, I do think, you can look at a guy like Finn Balor and say he belongs on there. Mm-hmm. I do think you could say that a guy like Kevin Owens belongs on there. But you could make the same argument for Sami Zayn, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Andrade, the current universal champion, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Like to really narrow it down to like an ultimate uh, Mount Rushmore, I do think would be pretty difficult. But I do agree with your sentiment of, yeah, Adam Cole's certainly on there. Maybe, maybe my face is the biggest as well. <laughs>
0: I think that can definitely be disputed. Uh, no pun intended. Well, speaking of which, now that you're going into this match on Wednesday, no ties to the Undisputed Era. You're all on your own at this point. Any chance that we see a debut a new entrance theme, or is that yet to be determined?
1: You know, I don't know. Um, because the one thing I did say, I, I, I tweeted this out before, and mm-hmm. um, I know it's just Twitter, but this is truly how I feel. I've said before that, you know, Adam Cole is and always will be the Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. You know, in my mind... There is no Undisputed Era without Adam Cole. So I, I think a lot of people are unsure, like, does this mean that the Undisputed Era is is dead? And in, in my opinion, the Undisputed Era is dead when Adam Cole says it's dead. Mm-hmm. So maybe I have some issues with some guys who were in that group before, guys who fought beside me. But to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's over. To me, Undisputed Era is my baby. It always has been. And when I want it to be dead and buried, it'll be dead and buried.
0: And if that means we get to keep this song going for a little while longer, I think more people, I think more people can jump on board with that, which would be great. If only we can get the rights to Something for You by David Rolf, the old uh, Ring of Honor song, that would be great, you know. <laughs>
1: Also a classic theme song. Classic (laughs) theme song.
0: (laughs) Definitely is. You kind of just mentioned it right there about Undisputed Era, how you are Undisputed Era. You've said it on NXT. You've tweeted it before. Was this the right time for it? Have you felt this way for a while? Do you felt like it was overdue? Or was this the right time on Valentine's Day, at Vengeance Day last month, It was the perfect time for it, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, you know, to me it was kind of ironic that it happened to be on Valentine's Day. You know, Mm -hmm. it by no means is something that I'm thinking, yeah, this would be the perfect time to to do it but it it comes down to and if you don't mind i'll do a little bit of an explanation on this Mm but i was running into an issue where again i think everybody knew everybody knows i was the leader of that group kyle o'reilly was challenging for the nxt championship you know multiple times he failed multiple times and i was already frustrated with kyle but then he took it to another level when he decided that when he couldn't win the nxt championship his solution was to attempt to invite finn balor into the Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. Um, like like the, the proper sidekick that Kyle O'Reilly is. He, d- he decides it's a good idea. He can't win the big one, so let's have the guy with the big one fight beside me. And that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. That's never how it worked. Undisputed Era was always designed for me, Adam Cole, to, to win the NXT championship. And it accomplished that. And when I felt like we were kind of falling off that track and not going in the right direction... I absolutely felt like it was the right time. Roderick Strong was having issues. But, but before, before winning the NXT championship, you know, the golden prophecy in a lot of ways is just the truth. It, w- it was designed for multiple reasons. But one of them was, I know with Roddy, Bobby, and Kyle holding championships, they would feel more so like they're truly a part of something really, really special. When at the end of the day, all I'm thinking about is winning the NXT championship. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I had a ton of goals ton of aspirations of things that i wanted to do for myself so even early on with some early dissension some early tension i knew i was going to be able to bring the guys back i knew i was going to be able to accomplish what i needed to accomplish and then the months leading up to when i decided to you know kind of teach kyle a lesson uh, i definitely had that thought and in many ways i given him multiple chances to kind of redeem himself and and prove that he could get back on track and then again that day at vengeance day when when He just insisted on on standing alongside Finn Balor, the guy that holds my property. I was like, okay, this is it. I I, I can't wait any longer.
0: And you mentioned how you used those guys to get you to the NXT Championship. And after you lost, you guys kind of fell off track, as you mentioned. Was there ever Mm -hmm. the thought of doing that same thing beyond the NXT Championship, using Undisputed Era as a vehicle to get you to the intercontinental championship, the WWE universal titles, whatever, or again, was the negatives at that, at that point kind of outweighing the positives?
1: Oh, sure. So, you know, in a perfect world, I, I wish so badly that, that Kyle Roddy and Bobby, Bobby, truth be told, I don't even really know where he stands, mm-hmm. but as far as, as far as those two, of course, in a perfect world, I wish badly that they could have fought by my side for the rest of my career. That I, I loved my time, with with Kyle and Roddy and Bobby. And I loved the fact that we were this well-oiled machine and it was designed to make me, uh, you know, the most dominant force in NXT at the time. And if that meant that it led to me going to Raw or going to SmackDown and accomplishing some other things too, that would also be awesome. You know, I, I have said before that NXT has a really, really special place in my heart. And uh, truth be told, I do feel like I have a lot left to accomplish here, as mm-hmm. crazy as that sounds but I really, really do. Uh, I love being a part of this crew and I love being a part of this group. But absolutely, in a perfect world, of course, if I could get them to understand where I'm coming from and then more importantly do what they're supposed to do, I would have had Kyle, Roddy, and Bobby fight by my side forever.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned how you wanted, there's so much more you want to accomplish in NXT. Is there anything specific on that bucket list or list of accomplishments or goals that you want to achieve in NXT or is it just kind of a you know win the NXT championship back type of thing?
1: yeah well it, it, it kind of is a, it's a two-parter here and and the first part is of course what you had just mentioned and, and that is regaining the NXT championship um, I, I think too because i'm i'm still kind of frustrated that i'm at a point now where there still seems to be this debate amongst some people of who the greatest NXT champion is mm-hmm. you know becoming a two-time NXT champion and holding that title for as long as possible i want it to be so painfully obvious that you can't argue with anybody that, that I, Adam Cole, am the greatest NXT champion of all time. And then aside from that, um, one of the coolest things when I first came into NXT was kind of seeing the growth of the brand, mm-hmm. you know, from it going to being on the network to then being live on the USA network uh, on Wednesdays and just seeing NXT continue to grow and develop. I, I felt like I was a part of that process. So that's really cool. So the broad uh, scheme of everything, would be just getting to be a part of NXT further and further as it grows and becomes a bigger and bigger brand in WWE.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that too, because in addition to the championship match tomorrow night, it's going to be a big episode of NXT between the main event between you and Balor, as well as the women's championship match. And now we know coming off of Raw on Monday that we're going to get not one, but two huge landscape changing (laughs) announcements from william regal regarding nxt and there's been speculation as to what that could be one of which being right. maybe a potential move to tuesdays which you guys have done tuesdays before the super tuesday episodes um does sure. it make a difference to you i mean obviously on wednesdays you guys have the competition it's been back and forth over the last year and a half to you do you think that's a good move uh, what are your thoughts and a potential move to tuesdays for nxt day
1: yeah so for me personally uh and truth be told um I know I've heard rumors about that, but I've actually, honest to God, heard nothing about it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, um, this is the truth, whether it's on whether it's on Monday nights for Adam Cole or Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, we can go through every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. To me, it it makes zero difference as as long as I'm getting to do what I love to do and perform and and, and just show the world what I'm all about. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters to me.
0: And over the last four years in NXT, you've been pretty consistent in terms of being the bad guy of NXT. We saw the audience embrace you for a little bit late last year during your run-ins with Pat McAfee and company. Um, now back to the Adam Cole of old, which is great to see. Do you feel more in your element and what you're doing right now, flying solo, going against the audience? Cause people seem to love you on up, up, down, down. So I just wanted to throw that out there <laughs> as well. Um, but you, are you in more of your element right now doing what you're doing compared to what you guys were doing late last year as kind of fan favorites of sorts? I think so. So
1: it's, it's funny cause you've just, it's, it's creatively a different experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like to me, and I have, I have said this before when, when, when you are under the position of being someone that the audience is really behind and really likes, it's just such a different mindset than me being, you know, what many people have called like the Adam Cole of old or the the true Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. It's just my my approach to pro wrestling is different. My approach to my interviews are different. My approach to my matches are different. And I do think, generally speaking, if you look at my 13 year career, I, I think I am. The most in my element in the role that I'm in now Mm -hmm. and and the most comfortable uh, in in where I am now. I do like the challenge and I do like the different aspect of getting to show different sides of my character and, and almost have like a different persona in many ways. But again, like to me, I'm at my most valuable when I'm doing what I do right now.
0: And you have so many supporters on the NXT brand, both in the audience and behind the scenes. It seems like everyone does not have a cross to say about Adam Cole, and rightfully so. Uh, one yeah. of which has gone on the record, that being Road Dogg, saying that you could be Universal Champion, you should be Universal Champion at some point. You've already been the NXT Champion. he's one of your biggest fans behind the scene. Behind the scenes, it seems, um, you know, he mentioned as well. I think it was on uh, Corey Graves' After the Bell podcast, saying that you know he would be Universal Champion right now if he was carrying crosses size. At this right. point, you know, having had champions that are Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, we had Kofi Kingston as champion two years ago. People of all shapes, sizes, and colors, and whatnot. Does it really matter at this point? I mean, obviously, it's a compliment because he said you should be Universal Champion. It's not a knock. Huge not compliment. Angel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, at this point, does the size argument matter to you? Like in terms of like, okay, I've seen these other people reach those heights, so that means I can as well.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. So the size argument to me, um, especially just because I've been doing it so long, mm-hmm. it, it it does. It no longer matters to me because truth be told, like from the moment I started training and wrestling on the independence, you know, people had made comments about me being on the smaller side. So it, it's something I've just battled with and dealt with uh, literally my entire career. Mm-hmm. And the awesome thing has been, and it's just based on past experience, but Pretty much every single company that I've gone into, I've I've excelled and been able to be their champion and hold that championship for a really long time. And the fans have taken to me in, in different places and things like that. So from that sense, as far as internally how I feel about it, no, no, it doesn't it doesn't affect me at all. And then also, like you had mentioned, again, uh, guys who aren't six foot five and two hundred and sixty-five pounds, being able to be world champion and, and performing at such a high level um seeing them do that of course gives me even more motivation and more focus on being able to go yeah i could absolutely be in their spot Mm -hmm. and truth be told i feel like i am in that spot Mm -hmm. you know nxt being the third brand of wwe um and being able to be the longest reigning nxt champion of all time being in this huge matchup uh tomorrow night for the nxt championship against finn balor it's cool you know and being able to show that again size wise um Right now, more than ever, especially with someone like me, I need to make sure I'm as good as possible in the ring, as good as possible on interviews and just focus on the art of it as much as I can. And fortunately, fans in 2021 seem to have a good appreciation for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even when you talk about like the world titles and people that have held them and stuff like that, NXT championship is a world championship technically. I mean, when the mm-hmm. Royal Rumble winner can challenge Finn Balor for the title of WrestleMania, at that point, it's a world championship. So that right. is worth throwing out there as well. Uh, final few questions for you, Adam. You mentioned, you know, NXT wanted to grow the brand and you're a guy that could really thrive anywhere. You've been in Japan. You've been here in the US and NXT for a while. You can do well really anywhere you go, in my opinion. Um, with that being said in NXT you, you see guys like Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa go on the record and say I never want to leave NXT just due to the mm-hmm. bond they have in NXT and how great of a show it is you're probably more open to the idea if the possibility came of going to a Raw or a Smackdown or at this point sure. being in NXT for four years is it okay I'm, I'm good staying here for as long as my career goes for
1: yeah so I, I'm an interesting case like I it's here's the interesting thing from from my standpoint mm-hmm. so Again, if I were to tell you that I don't want to have a WrestleMania moment someday, I would be lying to your face. Mm-hmm. I would just be absolutely lying. So, of course, I want that chance someday. And, and the idea of going over and wrestling a bunch of new people at Raw and a bunch of new people at SmackDown is very exciting. However, like deep to my core, I by no means, uh, again, am in any rush or in any sort of way like, man, I got to get to Raw or, oh, God, I got to get to SmackDown. I love my time in NXT, mm. and if that means that I'm here for years to come, I, I'm very, very happy about that. I, I love the brand. I believe in the brand. I want to be here when the brand grows even more and becomes something even bigger than it already is. Uh, it, it's something that's been, well, like you said, a part of me for four years now, mm. and, and it's something that I'm really proud of. So, again, I'm I'm that special case of like, of course, I'm open to the idea of going to Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm but I do not want to leave NXT, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. It's kind of like the best of both worlds, which is cool. Yeah. Um, That being said, Adam, final question for you, kind of a three-parter an opponent that you want to face from NXT right now that you haven't had the chance to square off with someone that you want to face in NXT, uh, someone from raw or SmackDown again, that you haven't had the chance to square off with, because you've actually had matches already with Rollins and Brian, two of the top stars on the main roster right now. And you've already had the chance to face them. So a match from, you know, a match that you would want to have on raw or SmackDown and also an opponent from outside of WWE that you think could join in at some point that you would love to, face off with? And I know Shawn Michaels would be at the top of the list because he's technically in NXT. I know you want that match, but aside from the heartbreak kid, uh, can yeah, you name any yeah. of those opponents from NXT, main roster and outside of WWE that you would want to face at some point?
1: Sure, sure. So, um, NXT-wise, I think I'd really like to uh, like to face off with Shane Strickland. Um, Isaiah Scott Yeah, yeah, um, is his name on NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've known him for a really, really long time. Um, he actually... I was involved in some of his early training, um, oh, okay. which I didn't train him. I just helped him kind of go to the school that he wanted to go to. He was he was one of the only people. He's actually the only other person I know from the area that I was born and raised um, who actually ended up not only becoming a pro wrestler, but ending up in, in WWE, which is really cool. So yes. Isaiah Scott would be my pick. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Raw goes, I know... Um, I I hate to say this because I have faced him, but I just feel like so much has changed from when we first faced off mm-hmm. um, for both of us. And that person is Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I, when I first came into NXT, I attacked Drew, and we ended up having one match, which again wasn't on NXT television or wasn't on a takeover or anything like that. And I feel like we just scratched the surface. That was the only time I've ever stepped into the ring with him before. And now seeing all he's accomplished, all that I've accomplished, uh, people still fantasize about that idea because, again, my debut was attacking Drew. Mm-hmm. So I think stepping in there with Drew. As far as SmackDown goes, uh, Roman Reigns, by far, um, I, I do think he's firing on, on all cylinders right now. Um, I think he has been for a while. He's incredible in a ton of ways and i and i do think that especially in front of a crowd i think we could have a really really special match together Mm -hmm. um and as far as someone in someone who's not in wwe um god let me think here there's so many people who are (laughs) (laughs) who are hired now um uh Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one that I'm hoping counts okay. because he hasn't had a match, but he technically did recently get hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Blake Christian. Oh yeah, uh, he was an independent yeah. guy mm-hmm. um, for a while, and uh, I've seen some of his stuff, and he's just a very very talented young man. He's super young, super innovative, uh, something that you know NXT a realm like that for him is perfect. Uh, but he, yeah, he's a guy I'd love to face off.
0: And it's hopefully at some point we get to see if people are getting hired all the time. So there's a very real chance. We'll see that in the very near future, which would be awesome as well as all the other right. matches you mentioned, as well as getting Sean as the special guest referee again for the match. Uh... Of
1: course, <laughs> of course. Oh yeah. That, that, that will and always will be my ultimate dream match. But if, it, but if it also involves Sean as the, the guest referee, that's that's just as good.
0: Yeah, it's a money match right there, as well as you and Balor tomorrow night, an NXT, NXT championship rubber match, as you said, on USA Network. It's going to be great. Adam, thanks so much for the time, man. Big fan. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thanks, Adam. You too. Have a great day. You too. Thanks to Adam for the time. As he said earlier, you can check out the article form of that interview right now on dailyddt.com. Many more interviews to come in the days to come, actually. Some on What Culture, some on Daily DDT, including with Impact Zone ODB, the number one contender to the Impact Knockouts Championship. I almost threw that interview here on in today's show, but I didn't have enough time to edit it. Um, but that will be up on the YouTube channel first before it goes anywhere else. Um, in addition, in article form on the YouTube channel, like I said, on probably Saturday. I'm hoping this weekend before the big sacrifice event uh, from Impact. But nonetheless, now we're going to air my conversation with Mr. Marceau talking about revolution and. NXT and AEW and everything else going on right now but before we get into any of that I do have to mention this seven years Mr. Marceau since you first arrived on WrestleRant radio making your debut on the airwaves but you weren't alone you brought Jeff too who hasn't been on the show since I don't think but crazy to think it's been seven years since you were first on the show brother
2: I know it's crazy it's been I mean it makes me feel old so need to start nixing that number but yeah it's been a long seven years but it's been a great seven years
0: (laughs) absolutely brother take me back to that first day for a second i met you i think a week earlier a couple days earlier through jeff actually who was in one of my classes because he knew i was a wrestling fan i was working on a wrestling fan a wrestling blog or something for uh for randall actually and (laughs) he, he said he said he had a roommate that was a wrestling fan, which ended up being you. So I met you a couple of days earlier, and you came on the show. I honestly assumed that it would be a one-week thing, and I've told you this story before, but then you came back two weeks later, or a week later, or whatever it was, and you've been on the show every week since, which is amazing.
2: Yeah, it's been good, even the time you booed me off for like a couple of weeks. But <laughs> I always got to put that in there. I'll, I'll Have
0: to put... get that in there. It's the I gotta truth.
2: Got to put the two cents on there. But yeah, no, it's been a good time since... Led to a great friendship, so I can't complain.
0: Absolutely. We had a mini GSM heel turn there for a couple of weeks about a year later. Or not even. It was like six months later. It was when we came back from break and I booted you off the show for a few weeks. But, hey, we've been smooth sailing every week so uh, since yep. then, so I can't complain.
2: Yeah, no. Like I said, it's been a good ride. And like I said, led to a great friendship, so I can't complain.
0: Any update on Jeff since then, by the way?
2: <laughs> I honestly I haven't talked to him too much lately. I remember uh, I think no he was he dropped out again at that point i know you i know you ran into him when he enrolled back at he and
0: did, the, i did by, yeah and
2: by the time i had visited again when i saw you and i saw cam he had already dropped out again so i mean i think he it seems like he's working with this in his parents company but i haven't actually spoken with him
0: so he's not making a cameo he's not making a return to the wedding in a couple of weeks
2: no he will not be there
0: <laughs> cam though will be obviously
2: Cam will be there, correct. Perfect. You and so, Cam will be the only kids from Endicott that will be there.
0: Amazing. We're going to be partying like a... What'd you say?
2: And Cam's girlfriend will just be you three.
0: Oh, okay. I hadn't met Cam's girlfriend, right?
2: Uh, or wait, was she at Endicott? Her. She went to Endicott.
0: Was it the same girl that was always around, or no? no? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Jeff's girlfriend. I think not, not Cam's girlfriend. I don't think I met yeah,
2: her. I mean, she should have been around. I mean, I don't know if you, yeah, she should have been around a few times. So maybe, maybe not. But yeah, she went down and got there. She was my grade.
0: I don't think she was there for the, uh, for the Murphy baby incident when he puked all over your sink.
2: No, no, no. I think he was at her run that night, actually, so. The kid loves that night. That night was just like. (laughs) My four
0: years there, that will go down as one of the greatest nights in my college experience history. (laughs) And here we are, seven years later, still going strong, and we're going to be at the wedding in a couple weeks for you. you. The Marceau wedding, partying like it's 2014. It. But at any rate, we got a lot of stuff to talk about from AEW's Revolution pay-per-view on Sunday, the subsequent Dynamite last night, everything that went down on NXT on Wednesday as well. But before we get into any of that, I gotta ask you, WrestleMania back in business for the first time since exactly a year ago we had our last show with fans. Back in business, baby, we're gonna have fans in attendance for WrestleMania 37. Is Mr. Marceau gonna be there? What are your thoughts on that whole development?
2: yeah I was just are you going
0: <laughs> as of right now I don't think so but I've made the last minute choice to go in the past but as of right now I don't think I will be Wow and it's only what two weeks removed when the big Marceau wedding is going down
2: yeah I believe it's two weeks after actually yeah, the first week of April will be the first yeah it's two weeks after
0: yeah yeah it's the um it's the latest thing WrestleMania has ever been so As of right now, though, the card for the show, as much as we'll get into AEW and what went down with that show, the good, the bad, and the ugly, specifically that ending from the show, and I enjoy the event overall we got to talk about WrestleMania real quickly. We're going to get into Raw a little bit later on. I want to talk about the AEW stuff first and foremost, just because we're fresh off of Dynamite. Revolution is still fresh in our minds. But with WrestleMania, though, while on the subject, this card is complete shit, dude. On, like, not on paper, I don't want to say that, because I think Edge and Roman has potential. I think Bianca and Sasha is going to be great. I think those are two top marquee matches. But per at WrestleVotes, the WWE Insider Twitter account, Almost nothing from this card is set in stone. Vince is back at square one with what he wants to do for the show, and nothing really seems to be set in stone. We have Fastlane coming up next weekend. We have WrestleMania three weeks after that. It seems like everything, both on Raw and SmackDown, more so Raw, though, is in a complete state of flux at the moment.
2: I mean, I I think they're just waiting for Fastlane to start. I mean, I don't know why you do Fastlane so close to WrestleMania, but I think they're just waiting for that to go, come and go, and then they'll start focusing on WrestleMania, but I mean, I think it's probably more than likely to say it's going to be Bobby and Drew, which I think could be a big match. I mean, Shane and Braun, I mean, no thank you. I'm I'm already over that. That's just... The whole booking of that. We'll we'll talk
0: about that from Monday. That was awful.
2: I mean, I think we're going to get Randy and Bray, which should be a good match. I mean, that that feud's kind of... I mean, it's starting to get a little stale for me, but I mean, that's another... I think the match itself would be good, though. I think they've been building that up good. So, I mean, there are some things that they could work on, but I mean... Obviously, we don't know everything that's going to happen, but from like, the three or four marquee matches, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm totally against it. It seems like we're going to have Charlotte and Oscar again. Um, hopefully not, but mm-hmm. I mean, from the first four or five matches, I mean, Shane and Braun, whatever, but I think those other title matches should be pretty good.
0: No, I think the top title matches are going to be good. I'm just thinking from just a booking standpoint, we are literally one month out from WrestleMania. It's March 11th as we speak right now. It was one year ago today, it's worth noting that the world went to shit when the pandemic started, and we haven't had a crowded wrestling show since then, but we are with WrestleMania in one month from today. You ju- you would just think by this point in the road to WrestleMania season that we would have a better idea of what we're getting in the biggest show of the year, or what they call the biggest show of the year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of one of those things where they're kind of stalling or waiting, because you can't just start and... It's basically one of those things, they can't just start saying, oh, these matches are going to happen at WrestleMania when they have a couple, like, they still have Fastlane left. So, I think once Fastlane's over, so I think that's next, this, this weekend or next?
0: No, next weekend.
2: Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I guess after, I think it's so the 21st, so I guess that Monday on the 22nd will be, like, basically their kickoff for WrestleMania for two or three weeks. But, yeah, I, I don't know why they're doing Fastlane so late. Usually, this is the point where they're building up for WrestleMania, but... We'll see. I mean, I think two or three week turnarounds a little bit quick, but yep. we'll see. I mean, I feel like is gonna be a lot of throwaway, so mm-hmm. I mean, too too big of a deal.
0: Yeah, no, I just I just feel like that, like you said, I think they're waiting until after Fastlane to confirm most of the card. But at that point, you're three weeks out from WrestleMania, and by this point, we're at least a month out right now. Exactly one month, thirty days or so. By this point, we would know at least five matches on the card, if not half of the card. And this is a two night WrestleMania too. So it's not like they're 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 gonna have more matches than usual, a lot like last year. Um and last year was the exception because we had the pandemic and they didn't confirm most of the matches until literally days out like a lot of the matches on Wrestlemania last year were literally advertised like a couple of days in advance um, because of the circumstances regarding of what was going on at this point they have no excuse a lot like with the network I gotta mention this real quickly too I know I'm ranting just to start off with this I tweeted about this earlier it's very frustrating. Uh yeah, it's we're, okay. We're going to Peacock in a couple weeks. Actually, I think the migration process starts next week, and I appreciate you throwing out the um, the offer for the password for the Marceau account, but it should be all hooked up. I'm a Comcast user. I got it all set up, I believe, a couple days ago, so it should be set. Um, we're getting the live pay-per-views on the network, starting with Fastlane, TakeOver Night 2, which we'll get to in the NXT review, WrestleMania Night 1 and 2, obviously, Hall of Fame as well. Um. Again, we'll get to that in a moment. But we're not getting any of the original content for, I would assume, a long time. None of the older pay-per-views passed the last year for the last 12 months. And again, we've had some good pay-per-views in the last year, but if I want to watch some SummerSlam O2, I won't be able to do that for quite some time, I would assume. All the old Raws, SmackDowns, um, original specials, all of that is going away for the foreseeable future as they mri- migrate over to Peacock. Um, at least here in the U.S., other international users who got the network later, they're the ones laughing at us now because we won't have any of this shit for the foreseeable future. Uh, you said it wasn't a big deal, Mister Marceau. What are your thoughts on it?
2: I mean, it, I just—I mean, to me, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you like—I I like going back and watching old stuff too, but I mean. It's not that big of a blow to me. I mean, it, it, I w- I would love to watch some SummerSlam O2 when it gets to the time, but maybe it's not gonna be ready yet. But I mean, it does. I mean, honestly, I'm more pissed. I've been a fucking day one subscriber and I got nothing. I have all these other people getting free ninety nine and I'm paying fucking nine bucks a month. So <laughs> where's my it, sweatshirt? That's my bitch. I've had the network since day one and I've got shit for it.
0: Yeah, no, we didn't get shit for that. We've been uh subscribed since day one ish, as the Usos would say, and literally nothing came out of it. Not even like a free sweatshirt on the one year anniversary or for the five year anniversary, absolutely nothing. If anything, we're getting fucked here because you have to act again, we we're fine, I guess, because we're Comcast users and you get Peacock premium for free, so that's fine. And it's cheaper. Again, there are pros and cons to this thing that we've already discussed. It's just that you have to cancel... I don't even know if you have to cancel the network account. I think it just, it's going to be deleted in early April. And then you got to go migrate yourself over to Peacock. Which, I know it sounds ridiculous. Like, you got to go out of your way to sign up for an account. Again, I know it's it sounds a lot simpler. It's a lot simpler than it sounds. But, you know, some people just might not do that. People pay for the network every month without even knowing they pay for it. And, uh, I don't know, Peacock already has a healthy amount of subscribers, obviously. It just... It's weird. It's it's just a weird thing and it feels very rushed and they have no idea what's going on. They only answered some questions this past week as opposed to two months ago. So hopefully it goes smoothly. Hopefully we get some old episodes of Raw and SmackDown all the other shit. And I'll be watching you know, WrestleMania 21 before we know it. Um, I just don't think all that shit will be up by Mania, which sucks because I like to watch all the old Manias before the current Mania, but... It is what it is. Uh, One last thing that we found out on Wednesday, Molly Holly is WWE Hall of Fame bound, uh, was announced on The Bump, which was cool. So I guess we're getting both classes this year, 2020 and 2021, on Tuesday, April 6th, I want to say. I'm pretty sure that's the Tuesday we're getting it on Peacock. I don't know if it's going to be virtual. I don't think there's going to be any fans, and thank fucking God. No need to have fans there. Um, I don't know if everyone's going to be there, like Batista and the NWO, who were all announced for last year. Not exactly sure what this will entail. Um, but I am looking forward to it. I think Molly Holly is a very deserving very deserving recipient after so long. I'm honestly surprised it took them this long, considering it's not like she's blackballed. Like She was in the Rumble twice. She's been brought back for other stuff. I'm surprised it's been this long, but I'm very happy to see Molly Holly in the WWE Hall of Fame. How about you, Mr. Marceau?
2: Yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice admission, I mean, she 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 was around right when I first started watching, and I mean, I don't know if I'd say she's a trailblazer, but she she definitely was around when I first started watching, and um, I think it was more not, like I said, I don't think she had any heat with the company or anything like that, I just think she's like, she's not like a main eventer woman that you put in, but she's like a good admission, so I could see her like being one of the, not the top star, but a nice like underneath person to put in, and. I think she had a good... It wasn't a long career, but she had a good good little career for herself. So, I mean, I wouldn't say she's the biggest name ever, but I think she probably should have got in before Beth Phoenix, but we're here.
0: <laughs> Beth Phoenix went in four years ago.
2: Yeah, I, I still, to, the, to this day... Like, and she should have got in before the Bella Twins. I was going to say,
0: I mean, the, Beth, yeah, I can don't almost understand.
2: No, 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 Don't post it. I don't want the Bella Twins. I don't want the Bella <laughs> Harmony coming after me. Hey,
0: yeah, I already had be that be, five, six years be, ago. Be, you don't want have
2: chance, you, Can you... Uh, can you, like, cut that blurb out a little bit? I want the uh, <laughs> Bell Army to get
0: me. We don't want the, uh, what, well, you don't want a repeat of what happened to me six years ago?
2: Oh, I definitely don't want that to happen.
0: Holy shit, you talk about Twitter mobs. That was terrible. It actually happened last year with Bailey and Sasha. <laughs> that was worse because more people are on Twitter now than they were five, six years ago. But, uh, yeah, um, just just an absolute mess. Just an absolute mess was that uh, situation six years ago. But we move forward here. Another mess is that was the Revolution pay-per-view, which, again, overall I thought was a good show. But when I say mess, I'm talking about that ending, and we'll get to that soon enough. But honestly, dude, I thought overall Revolution was a good show. Um, You compare it to the other shows, and I said on Hashtag on Wednesday that it honestly probably ranks towards the bottom, but I think that's more of a reflection of the other shows being so good than this show being so bad, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a fine show. I could see why you'd put it in the lower half. I mean, I just, I, I just don't think much was. I'm trying to think how to word this correctly. I would say it was more just like it was a good show. I don't really think like anything would be very watchable. I, I just don't think there was really one match that stood. I was like, that's a great match, and like I, that's something I'd want to go back and watch. And so maybe that that's why I feel like it, it was a good show. But I just don't think. It had has a lot of rewatch value because I really don't think there was anything like over the top great. Like I thought the cinematic match was good, which you can get into a little bit later. But like besides that, it's not like I'm like oh let's go watch Matt Hardy and Hangman again. Like it was a fine match. Like yeah. it was just a good show. I mean that's not a total negative because I think there was some bad stuff on the show as well. But I just don't. I think it ranks lower than other shows. So I just don't really think there was that that one marquee match that you're like oh I want to go back next year and watch it.
0: Yeah, um, you know, last year we had that with the Hangman and Omega match versus the Bucks. This year, okay, we get to Revolution 2022. If there's any one match from the show I'm watching, personally, for me, it's the cinematic match. And um, I know we've spoken a lot about cinematic styles, Sting being in the ring, stuff like that. But I thought they really knocked this out of the park, to be completely honest with you. The feud was getting old after a while. We were seeing the same shit on Dynamite week after week with these guys. But I thought when it mattered most, they really knocked it out of the park. I thought all four guys shined. And I know we were joking going into the show, like, oh, Team Taz is going to lose, lol. And they did, with, as you guessed, Sting, pinging Ricky, uh, Sting pinning Ricky Stark, as you would expect. Um, but I thought overall it was really well done, and Team Taz doesn't really lose anything. They never really win when it matters most. That's a problem. But again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's all about the follow-up. It's all about the aftermath. We'll see where they go from here. I don't think they were on Dynamite last night from what I can recall. No, they weren't. So, again, we'll see where they go. But for me, I thought that was the match of the night, personally.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a good cinematic match. I'm not going to call it a match, because it's not really a match. But no, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was like a great movie scene. Um, I think... I I really enjoyed what Cage and Darby did more than Sting and Allen. They did like a couple bumps in the ring, nothing like crazy. But I thought the whole Sting, or the whole... Cage and Darby back and forth, going up the staircase to get to the top level, then Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs come in. I thought them fucking wheelbarrow throwing Darby through the glass window, that must have felt good, <laughs> especially when it slid down and smacked him right off the head. I mean, I thought that was good. I'm, I, I think he got up a little too quickly after that, because then he got up and did the uh, elbow drop on, on Cage. But uh, for, for a cinematic match, I'd, I'd probably say it's probably my second favorite of the cinematic match era. I think the boneyard match I enjoyed a little bit more, but I think this was good as well. So um, definitely better than the tooth and nail match. I'll Say that. So yeah. um, this was good, like you said. It's just kind of the follow up. Uh, I'm a big Team Taz guy, and uh, they weren't on the show last night. I, I, I don't really know what you do with them next because um, it really it seems like Christian might be going towards um, Omega. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't really know where you put them. I feel like a lot of other baby faces already kind of locked into other feuds so m- maybe they go in the tag route maybe i just i don't know maybe i just maybe maybe maybe, maybe them in jurassic express maybe I, I i'm not thoroughly excited about that but they could do that as well i mean that's the thing I, I just feel like they've been in bigger they started off in big programs and now they're kind of dwindling down a little bit so we'll see what happens but i i don't think the bright the future for the uh for Team Taz, will be too bright, unfortunately, at least in the in the near future.
0: Yeah, well, they lost on Sunday. They failed to win the TNT title at least once or twice. I mean, they you have Brian Cage walking around wearing a fake title. I mean, there's not much more they can do, uh, you know, not worse with them. I mean, they could always go further down the card, and they will. But, you know, I think it's only up from here, I would hopefully assume. Uh, maybe you could do them in the box after the Bucks are done with uh, Death Circle. Because you don't expect Death Circle to take the titles, do you?
2: Death Triangle and... Death Circle. Um,
0: My God. <laughs> R- wrong shape.
2: Death, Death Triangle? I mean, I don't think they're going to win the belts, but I don't think Team Taz going to win the belts either. So, I, I mean, I guess it's something for them to do, but they'll lose again. I mean, what, are they going to beat up the fucking old man again? Like, I i, I don't know. It just... It's to the point... I, I, Cornette stated this, too. This, I just feel like they have so much talent now that they've like... Not that they're hoarding them. They just have so many talent, and they haven't really gotten rid of anyone and they just keep adding so it's like i feel like they're in the point there's just really nothing for them right now and if there is anything i just don't if they're in something marquee i just don't think they're gonna win so they'll just lose again
0: but they have another show they have evolution on, on mondays they can uh use all these people
2: F- for what purpose though so they're gonna <laughs> beat up losers and what's it i mean what's the payoff
0: Actually, real quickly, I'll intersplice with this. uh, Breaking news per Tony Khan on Twitter. The card for Evolution, Evolution. That's what uh, fucking Big Show called it. That's what he called revolution, actually. It's Elevation on Monday on YouTube. We're getting Brandon Cutler versus Powerhouse Hobbs. um, Ty Conti versus Ashley Vox, who is from NWA. Dante Martin versus Max Caster of the Acclaimed. Jungle Boy versus Danny Limelight. And Riho versus your favorite Maki Ito, uh, in the main event. So that's what the card for elevation is looking like right now.
2: Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna watch it, so <laughs> I mean, you know me, you know my rules, so yeah, I'm not watching
0: it. Well, let's talk about the surprises on the show. We had Maki Ito making a surprise appearance on the buy-in with Britt Baker against Thunder Rosa and Riho. We had the debut of Ethan Page in the latter match, all ego Ethan Page, formerly of the North and Impact and then Christian Cage uh, making his anticipated debut as the big, big signing Hall of Fame worthy that we talked about last week. We'll break down each of these here. First, Maki Ito. I know you got some hot takes on uh, Ito. I I like her personally. I'm not a big, big fan. Um, I I thought the mic shots and Dynamite were terrible. I'm not a fan of the headbutt. She comes across as very Orange Cassidy-esque to me, and, uh, I mean, that's very hit or miss, so I can understand why it's polarizing. But, um, again, she's a good wrestler. I just, it's just, personally, it's not my cup of tea, I would say.
2: I mean, I I have only heard of her. I saw her in the pre-show, and I was just like, no. Just because people say they like eating shit doesn't mean it tastes good. I mean, I just she's just does nothing for me. Like I said when I texted you, she's literally the girl version of Pockets, which is Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. I just think she's just everyone. Oh my, she, she's just so charismatic. What? What? Because she can sing in Japanese? Like, do you even know what the fuck she's saying? These freaking E W marks will like they like anything so like they just love her they eat her up oh she p- hits her head it's steel like no she's an 80 pound schoolgirl who's okay in the ring at best and she just does nothing for me she doesn't lay any sh- well she's only 80 pounds so i don't blame her but all her strikes she barely lays any fucking oomph in them there was mm-hmm. mike shot last night oh my goodness a, fe- a feather would have hurt Cheetah more than those white like, dots. I just... guess
0: that I guess that's the point. Like, like that's us complaining. I I mean again, I'm just jumping to conclusions here to play devil's advocate. That's like if someone was complaining about Orange Cassidy's kicks. So, but I'm not sure if they're done for comedic effect like Orange Cassidy they
2: though. Well, they, well, I don't know if they are either. But those are fucking stupid too. And that yeah, I it just, it's like, that's the thing about like I even tweeted out right away. And was like, this is something like this is why I'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Like, people see it, and some people are like, oh, it's funny. Like, it's not supposed to be funny. You can do funny, but when you, like, shit on the business and make it a big fucking joke, is when I have a problem with it. Like, I'm all over Orange Cassidy. He's a fucking joke. And I'm, I'm already over this girl. It's like, we're like, oh, she's funny. She's a fucking. Do- it's not. Fu- like, you can do comedy, but don't, like, ruin, like, the business. Like, I like. It, yeah, go it's ahead. Just- that's my problem with
0: it. Well, I was gonna say you mentioned Orange Cassidy. I like Orange Cassidy, but I could not give two fucks about this upcoming tag team rematch next. Is it next week or in two weeks or whatever with um best friends versus Sabian and Miro, where the video games are around ringside? Come on! Oh man. god, they
2: didn't say when it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be next week because uh, they would have advertised it. They would so. have advertised it, but yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll 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 tap that animal when it gets to, But yeah, I just. I just don't give two shits about this girl. I don't think she's good for the business, and I don't want to see her on my TV.
0: What was your initial impression of Ethan Page in the ladder match?
2: So I'm a little bit aware of him. I mean, I've seen him in in Impact a little bit. I mean, he's fine. I just, I think he's going to be one of those other guys that, I mean, he could be a good signing. I just, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with him. He just seems like a decent mid-card guy at best. If he's on a tag team, you could put him in, the tag team division with the other 30 teams they have. So, I mean, I think it's a good signing. I just don't really know what you do with him. I think there's a lot more guys that, that they'll push. It seems like he's a heel. So, I, I think they already have an influx of those. And then where does he really go from there? I mean, maybe he'll face Darby somewhere down the line. But, I mean, I don't think he'll win. <sighs> Yeah,
0: that's the question that I had going into uh, not just this show, but just in general when I saw Ethan Page wasn't a part of the WWE signees uh, a couple of weeks ago in NXT. Ty Valkyrie also recently departed Impact. She went to WWE. Ethan Page did not. So it left me wondering, if is, you know, where is he going next? I don't think he's going back to Impact. He has some heat there, I guess, with uh, how his exit was handled. So he's not going back there. And I'm thinking AEW maybe, but, like, and he is an AEW now, obviously, but my whole thing was... Is he going to get lost in the shuffle? Because um, they have a lot of people. You know, you look at that ladder match. They have a lot of talent, dude. A lot of great talent. And if they're using these people correctly, then I'm okay with that. You know, they had Scorpio Sky in there. They're finally doing something with him. And I think he was hurt previously. And that's not AEW's fault. Cody Rhodes kind of feels directionless right now. Um, Lance Archer is seemingly got some direction. He was back on Dynamite, so that's good. Um, Penta's getting a singles push. So, they they you know, they have some talent, and some of their other talent, like Adam Page and Matt Hardy, they're doing their own thing right now in their own feud. Um, I don't know, I just don't want them. Like you said, I think that's the problem right now. They almost have too much talent, and they know what to do with, which is the common WWE problem. And WWE doesn't hoard talent. I mean, there's zero doubt about that. AEW does it because all these people have potential, but it's almost like they have too stacked of a roster to the point where I don't know what you do with Ethan, Ethan Page. Does he face Darby Allen for the TNT title? Like, I'm not really sure where he goes from here despite beating, who was it, Lee Johnson? I mean, how, how, how many fucks can you give about fucking Lee Johnson at QT Marshall? Come on, dude. Yeah,
2: I mean... <sighs> the whole—I mean—I've I, been clamoring for QT and Dustin since they started teaming. So I mean, I can, this blow-off's going to be great. I can't wait for this uh, <laughs> this match. I, I honestly hope it main events dynamite. I just this whole QT and Dustin tag team—I've been so—I've been so like connected to them. I mean, every week they're on dark, and I mean they're just such a great team. Um, I mean. Who's not ready for it? Come on, Nightmare Family breaking up. Come on.
0: Oh, my God. Dude, is this going to be as exciting as the payoff to the whole Alley qt Marshall storyline that went exactly as we expected it to?
2: I mean, I honestly give two shits less. I mean, I like Dustin, but since, being honest, they really haven't done much with him. I mean, he's had a few good single matches. I think when they did, like, these shows up from Georgia, from QT's, like, I think it was from the Nightmare Factory. Actually, he was. Yes. Yeah, I think he had a couple of decent matches there, but since then, I mean, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Did, I haven't fucking seen Dustin on 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 uh, on Dynamite in a while. I mean, this like they act like this is like the fucking revival break, and I'm like, oh my QT and Dustin, who gives a shit? I just don't <laughs> care. This will be on. This will be on Dynamite. They'll act like it's the biggest fucking grudge of all time, and we'll move the fuck on, and no one will remember.
0: Yeah, um I'm just not, I'm not really sure why it's playing out on Dynamite with the whole Lee, Johnson, QT, Marshall, Dustin Rhodes thing. Like I just can't bring myself to care. Um, that was furthered or that was the catalyst. The catalyst for the heel turn with QT was in the Casino Tag Team Royale, which was a complete mess. Um, I was not a fan of Shido and Mizunami. I thought, you know, some people liked the match. I thought it was well wrestled, but it went on way too long. The constant kickouts. You would think it was the freaking main event of the Tokyo Dome or WrestleMania or some shit. It was ridiculous.
2: Yeah, the tag team battle royal is just. It was what it was. It was an absolute mess. I mean, these always are. Tony Khan must have a stiffy for battle royals because, oh my. They have one every freaking show, they have a battle royal. Or they do some kind of multi man ladder match. He, he's just, I mean, the guy's a mark, but I mean, come on. How many freaking. And why is it a casino battle royal? Mm. They're not in Vegas. I just don't get that either. But you already know double or Nothing will get a fucking battle royal. Maybe another. Uh, multi-man match so that that should be fun um but i mean it was what it was none of the teams really meant much uh, i mean the one team that kind of stood out besides besides pack and phoenix which i mean i'm kind of surprised like the gun club actually eliminated a few people i'm like i don't care about these kids at all but yeah um besides like the ending sequence with jungle boy and in phoenix i mean the rest of it was so forgettable it was basically like the ending was like polishing a turd like that was the good part but the right re- like the rest of it sucked, and the last like minute and a half was good, but that was about it.
0: Yeah, no, I just was not a fan of it. We get way too many multi-man matches on these. Oh shows. yeah, there's
2: way too many of them. And then Shida and Rio or Rio, I don't even know how you say it. I think it's Ria, or Rio. Uh, or yeah,
0: it's not. Well, Riho, and then it's just Rio, I think. There's no, no Asia. Yeah. No,
2: it's not real, but um, <laughs> yeah. They, like I it, like everyone's like, oh, greatest match ever. Like, yeah, they did a lot of moves, but just because. Just because they do a lot of moves it's not doesn't mean it's good. Like, that match should have been, like, a nice 10-15 minute match. No, they act like it's the fucking main event of Stark '86. Hit every move under the sun, continuously kicking out of all... Like, she'd have hit her finisher, like, four times and she kept kicking out of it. And then Rhea, or Rhea, whatever the fuck her name is, she hit started doing mime, mime tricks in the middle of the match with a rope. Her chops looked like they were hurt as much as a feather hitting you in the chest would hurt. I mean... I, like I said, these these fans will love all these Joshi girls, and I, I honestly don't. I like Sheeta. I don't even think I'd even characterize her as like one of the Joshi wrestlers, but I just I, they just don't do anything for me. It's more of a palm and circumstance than actually wrestling, and it's just like to me that's just not my cup of tea. And I think this Rhea – like like you said, they did a lot of moves, but they. They just kicked out of so many moves. It just was like, like you said, was this the Tokyo Dome or the main event of Stark '86? I just I just couldn't give two shits less. It could, if it was 10 minutes, le- it would still have been a good match, but if it was 10 minutes less, it would have been even better.
0: I completely agree. Uh, what were your thoughts on the signing of Christian Cage on Sunday? I know obviously they hyped him up as the big Hall of Fame-worthy you know, superstar, and he is Hall of Fame-worthy, but we said this last week. I love the guy. Didn't exactly fit the bill, but putting that aside... Is Christian an asset to AEW, in your opinion?
2: Yeah. Yes, he's an asset. But I just don't think... I mean, I don't know what his contract is. I'm assuming he's getting a shit ton of money. Um, I just don't think him coming in will be the payoff. Like, if they're paying him a good amount of money, I don't... like. I think a lot of people don't understand. Unless they got a CM Punk or Brock Lesnar, I just don't think they'll really get much of a different audience. I just, This is such a niche product, which people need to understand. It it's is. Most <laughs> and, you're, that's, and people, oh my, they're going to get more fans. It's like this: the, the 500,000 to a million fans they get each week is the amount they're ever going to get is because it's such a niche product. People that like professional wrestling, yes, but they also have, like, a lot of Silly and Gaga in there, which some people don't like. So, I just think, I don't think him he's going to bring in much more fans. Like, they even had, like, Shaquille O'Neal come back, who's obviously, like, not non-wrestling fans. Like, that's a big name. Shaquille O'Neal's a big name. Like, he's one of the biggest basketball players of all time. They still couldn't break a million views. So, you think bringing Christian is coming in? no. I, like I said, the people who are watching the show are the people watching the show. I don't, I don't think if you add all these other people in that it's gonna, it's really gonna change much. Unless you brought in, like I said, either Punk or Lesnar, I, I, I don't, I don't think they're really get above a certain level where they are now.
0: Yeah, no, no, I don't think it's, it's gonna change the audience too much. I don't think a hundred more thousand people tuned in to Dynamite last night just to see Christian. I mean, I'm interested to see what the ratings are. I'm sure it did improve because it's a post pay per view show. I have no doubt about that. You know, we talked about NXT on Tuesdays last week. Would they reach over a million weekly? You know, I think it's possible. I'm not going to say it's impossible. Will they? It's hard to say. It definitely is hard to say. Because there is an overlap of fans such as myself or yourself or whoever. I watched NXT first last night. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But as far as Christian is concerned, are there any matches that you specifically want to see him in? He's 47 years old. He's being positioned as the next number one contender or one of the next contenders. For the AEW World Championship. And I think him and Omega is going to be a great match. Christian proved that the Rumble... I mean he was only in there for... I don't know... 15 minutes or something. He was in there for a little while. More than I thought he would be. He proved he could still go. It's not the Christian Cage of 15 years ago... When he was in TNA. But you know... I think he could still have a lot of fun matches. Will it be a difference maker? No. But I do think he can have a fun run... With a lot of good matches. And maybe end his career on a high note. Unlike in WWE. Where it just... It's clear they don't see him as a priority. And it does bum me out because... You know, as a WWE fan too, I want to see me. I, I want to see him in his career there. I want to see him reunite with Edge at some point. We're probably never going to get that again. Um, but you know, if he can have some fun matches and he's not relegated to fucking dark every week, I think this could be a fun run for him. So we got to see where it goes.
2: Yeah, I mean, if he puts some people over, then sure. But if he's just going to face like Matt Hardy or people that I like, or him facing Omega's fine. But I just don't really think it does much for Omega. But. If we, like, lose the Hangman, then Hangman goes on to beat Omega, okay? But if we just come back to, like, just do marquee stuff, I just, I'm not really interested in it.
0: Yeah, no, we'll see. As long as we get some fresh matchups and it's worthwhile, and again, they treat him like a priority, and it's not like a Miro situation where he's coming in to be in a tag team or something. I mean, I thought his debut on Dynamite was actually handled perfectly, we didn't hear from him. But, um, I, I don't know if that was, a, was that advertised? I don't remember. I think they just said that he was going to be on the show. I don't know if they said that he was going to speak, but maybe, maybe next week. Um, yeah, well, we'll see where they go with it from here. We talked about Revolution. Are there any other thoughts that you had from Dynamite last night? I thought it was a, a good show. We got the Scorpio Sky heel turn. We're getting Cody Rhodes and Penta next week, which I'm looking forward to. Um... You know, we are, I'm, I'm such an idiot, dude. I'm such an idiot. Before we even get to Dynamite, your thoughts on the deathmatch, obviously. That was the main event of the show, obviously. How could I fucking
2: forget? How do you just gloss that over? I mean...
0: <laughs> I know, I and the finish of the show. Maybe I'm just trying to forget it and, and erase it from my mind it was that bad. The, the ending, not the match itself, I thought.
2: Well, the match was, itself was fine for what it was. I mean, I don't really think the special effects were that good, and it was what it was. I got texted you, it was kind of like... It felt like an inferno match at first, like they're just kind of like teasing, throwing each other, and then they yep. did it. Didn't really love how they could escape the, like just like kind of like go through one side of the ropes, and then another time they just rolled underneath the bottom rope. I mean, it's supposed to be a death match, so why the fuck are they leaving it? But that was that was fine. And then, um, I think banding was just, I mean, it was a dud. I think if done correctly, it could have been really well done with Eddie Kingston covering up. On Moxie, like, he was, like, his wounded war buddy, and he's, like, jumping on. him like, I think that could have been big, but then it was just an absolute popcorn fart. And I know I know on, on Dynamite, they tried to act like that was on purpose, but it definitely was not on purpose. They definitely did not want it to be that lame. I think that was more of them just trying to cover it up, like, oh, yeah, we, we did it on purpose. No,
0: they, they tried, and listen, I appreciate the attempt as opposed to just ignoring it, like, if it was WWE or something like that. But the explanation still sucked. Like I didn't come away from Dynamite thinking, "Oh man, what a clever, what what a clever way to go about it." Like when when Omega and Callus were like, "Oh yeah, we did it to play a joke on you." Oh, 69 me, Don. I'm like, dude, this is dumb, this is stupid. Oh yeah. And then and then and then the worst part was Eddie Kingston. Again, I I love the guy and I think he he tried his best, but he's like, "Oh, my PTSD was why I was selling it." I'm like, okay, no. Yeah, I,
2: mean- I think he did a decent job trying to explain it, but like. I'm trying to think how to say it. Like, I love Eddie Kingston. I've, uh, he's probably one of the people that I've warmed up on so much. I think he's such a great promo. Yep. His matches are whatever, but I think he's such such a good talker, it's hard to hate him. And I just, like, I get it where they try to go with it, but it just didn't work. Like, I, I covered him in, like, fame because I felt like I was back in prison. Like, I, I like the attempt, but at the end of the day, like I said, it just it definitely wasn't it, – it, it, they fucked up, and they were trying to act like they didn't, but – it was a big dud. I it, it, like that. That's the thing too. Like this was a good show, but I think this show will be remembered for that terrible ending, and it'll be very hard for them to get that, that stain away from it.
0: Yeah, it it was very TNA esque. And listen, I know it wasn't their fault. It was just a just bad circumstances. But man, that ending sucked, and that was that's all the people will remember from the show. I mean, you talk about earlier, like oh, what will people remember from the show a year ago? It's gonna be that. It might be the cage debut. It might be the death match, but it's gonna be that ending, and it sucks. It, it really is unfortunate. It wasn't even their fault, but why couldn't Tony Khan just come on Twitter? I mean, the guy's always breaking the fucking fourth wall on Twitter anyway. Why doesn't he just come out and say, "Listen, we fucked up. We fucked up. You said you read something from What Culture about it, how um, the rigging company or whatever they messed up. And li- why don't you just say that? I mean, why not just come out and say that? I know they want to keep kayfabe now, but they wouldn't keep. They don't keep kayfabe ninety percent of the time. I'm pretty sure someone on Dynamite last night went to the heel tunnel and they're like, Oh, oh, Scorpio Sky. That's what it was. Scorpio Sky went to the Heel tunnel and they're like, Oh, he's going to the Heel tunnel as opposed as opposed to the babyface tunnel. Like I'm just like, dude, just stop. I hate the insider terms on the show.
2: It's funny, it's funny how they did that too, because literally like earlier this week on Cornet's show, he'd mentioned like how that's always been a difference and like how they never pointed out. But, like, there's always been, like, a heel and Babyface Tunnel, and then they brought it up last
0: night. I don't think they need to point it out, though. I think it should just be something that's implied. I think them didn't, I think they said heel, though. I'm, I I have to go back and watch it, but I'm pretty yeah, sure they said heel tunnel. I'm like, it, it might have been a Jim Ross thing. I'm like, listen, I love the guy, but that was just stupid. So, I don't know. But, again, Dynamite, I thought, was a good show. I, we kind of covered everything, really. But um, the Scorpio Skyhill turn happened. Did you enjoy him and Allen for the TNT title? I thought that was good.
2: I thought it was a good match. Him going heel really doesn't do too much for me. I don't think he's going to beat Darby. So it was. I mean, I guess I just think they have a ton of heels. So I, I don't think he really needed to turn heel there. But if they're going to keep this going. Then I guess that makes the most sense. Why would you want a babyface Scorpio to beat a babyface Darby? But for that, that was fine. Um, yeah, we already kind of glossed over the stupid arcade tag like. Th- that, the thing on the match on Sunday should have just been it for this stupid storyline. Yep. We're going to get a video game at ringside. I can't wait for that. Um, what else happened? I mean, we get Brit and Thunder Rosa next week. I'm, a, I'm, a, I mean, you know more than anyone else. I'm a big fan of both of them. I mean, I, I would have just done like no DQ with, with no interference. They're doing like an unsanctioned lights out match next week as the main event. The hell, like good. It's probably one of the better feuds they've had lately. So it should be the main event. But you already know it's going to be Machito's going to come out and Reba and fucking Reba Reba and fucking Nyla Rose. It's going to be a fucking interference nightmare. And just it's just going to be basically what we've had the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, it'll, I bet you'll be decent because I like both of them, so I probably won't hate it too much. But... I, I just wish it was just a no-DQ match. If you interfere, you're suspended from... Like, it just be like, no inter- if you interfere in the match, you're suspended, cut pay, or some stupidness. I don't know. Something so no one interferes and we get, like, a good one-on-one battle because these two are the best two wrestlers in this division, so... I mean, it, it, I could only imagine how good it's going to be, but that that was, I guess, furthered, and at least that's something to look forward to next week. Uh, the, I mean, we didn't even get to the ending yet. I mean, the whole MJF new group thing... Yeah, I was just about to ask you. Yeah. I, I popped that first, and then I, I got texted you early. I, I just I love MJF, and I, I, I like the revival, I like Wardlow, Sean Spears. I mean, he's just there, I guess. Everyone, I saw everyone tweeting too, and it was funny. Like, oh, Sean Spears gonna get his big break now. Like, no, he'll be the one job guy of the group. He'll be the one guy that they. That will, he'll be the one guy to eat all the pins. So, I mean, I guess he's in a group. I mean, how many I'm, more? I'm people?
0: Do, I'm done with the factions. I'm just I'm done, done with the factions.
2: Too. But, I mean, it got me a little pumped. But, I, like I said, I texted you earlier. I think this is just so they can do the blood and guts match since they couldn't do it last year with the Elite versus Inner Circle. I they'll guess. do it double or nothing. They'll get to do the match, and then they'll move on. But I, I honestly think it's kind of crazy how they did that whole angle with MGF and Jericho, like, beating up the Young Bucks' dad. They have one match, and they just blow it all up. I mean, a match like that, like or something like that, you should have, like, a decent feud over it. I mean, they beat the shit out of their dad and all of a sudden they just have a blow- one blow-off match. I mean, <laughs> I think that was kind of quick, but it is what it is. But, I mean, speaking of factions, <laughs> we missed this too. Matt Hardy has new clients.
0: No, no, I just don't care. Like, I hate the factions. Think? There's too many what? factions.
2: What do you think of Matt Hardy's new clients? Come on.
0: Oh, my God. We, we talked about this before we went on the air. Him and uh, Eddie Kingston already broke it off just because Eddie Kingston went to go save his friend, even though they were out there at the end of Revolution three days earlier. I mean, this you, you just can't make the shit up.
2: I mean, Butcher and Blade have been tossed around like a rat in the 1980s, 1980s. I mean, started with MJF. Now they're they're with Eddie Kingston. Now they're with Matt Hardy. I mean, <clears throat> who fucking cares? And the next we've got a multi-man match. Honestly, oh, so you don't even know the fuck's in it. I think it's a bunch of losers. And then
0: they're going to face the Dark Order. Yeah, I'm done with the 10-man tag team matches. What? Alexis looked at me, and she's more of a casual fan than I am with this stuff. She goes, I don't want to see this. And I'm like, I I don't want to see. I'm done with the 10, 12, 14-man tag team matches. Just stop. Can't wait. I hate it. Uh, last couple things before I let you go. Uh, I, I, With the MJF thing, I'm just done with the factions. I was hoping the inner circle would break up. Santana, Ortiz, I've never meant less. I just, them turning babyface is something different, I guess, but I don't know. I'm just torn out. I don't think MJF needs a faction at all. Um, From Raw, that Braun Strowman segment, dude, was an all-time terrible segment. That was completely terrible, with him and Shane just wasting time for like 20 minutes. I almost, yep. I almost turned the show off at that point. I'm surprised yeah, they I didn't. That was awful. Um, one last, or two quick things from NXT. The two landscape-changing announcements, that being TakeOver, Stand and Lever being two nights this year. We talked about TakeOver on a Thursday last week, so that makes sense. And the crowning of new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions in Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez before they immediately lost them to Shanti Blackheart and Ember Moon. I love NXT. It's just a fucking mess, dude. It's a mess. Yep. We don't need the titles. It's a complete waste. I think this. I thought this whole thing was trash.
2: Wow. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not like, totally against the tag team titles. So I think they have a better tag team division.
0: I agree than
2: on SmackDown, but I just don't know why. I mean, I get why because they won the tag team classic, so they should get the belts. But I, I just think having them win and losing the belts like a couple hours, an hour later, just made no sense. I people were like, oh well, she lost the belts, so she got the EO. Why can't she? They just win the belts. So what? This what they should have really done is they should have won the belts. They should have just won the belts, they should have got the belts. They shouldn't even had the match last night. That was just fucking stupid. Yep. And then you have her you can still have her face EO, even if she's the tag team champion. And then Regal just says, You can have you can go for the the women's championship, but you're gonna have to defend the tag team championships as well. And then she could they could lose the belts there, so they have a month reign, get the belt off her they could have like the same kind of scenario kai like knocks off the apron or knocks her over they lose the tag team belts she wins the title and then they can turn kai face and they can do that like as the first program after i just don't know why you'd give them the belts just to lose in 30 minutes i get that they won the tag team titles or the champ, they uh, the classic thing but like i don't know i feel like that was just kind of stupid booking and nxt users are not too good with that
0: yeah, I just thought that was weird. I, I think at the very least they could have saved the tag title match for next week. And another late in the Shirai and, um, you know, uh, Shirai and yeah. Gonzalez and, and Balor and Cross. I thought that was well done, but the tag team title stuff was just a mess.
2: Yeah, I think it was just too rushed, like I said. Yeah, they way too rushed. Last night they should have beat fucking Casey and Car- uh, Kaden. Had them just take a nice quick win. Face shots in Ember at one of the nights of... They- I mean, they could still do it. I would have had them hold the belt so then, face Shotzi and Ember, lose it there. Then you can have Raquel get the big win the next night or that same night, and then you can break them up and then have Kai and Gonzalez be the first big program after her and Eo. But I don't know. I don't know, GSM. I was, I was very shocked by that as well.
0: Yeah, I was very shocked by that. But we'll have way more thoughts next week, Mr. Marceau. This has been a great time. I'll catch your ass next week, brother.
2: See you later,
0: kid. And on that note, you guys can find new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. And I forgot to mention to Mr. Marceau at the end there that we will be back next week with Fast Lane Predictions and, again, all the rest in the world of wrestling and a potential exclusive interview as well, a lot like we had with Adam Cole earlier on in the episode. For Mr. Marceau, I am Graham G.S. Matthews, and we'll catch your ass down the road.